So, just uh, to dispense with uh, a couple of things, um, we're still in Discovery Book 1, we have a lesson this week, we have a lesson next week, and then I believe we will be done and we'll start the, uh, the new book, Discovery Book 2. So, if you're planning on taking Discovery 2, you can get the book next week uh, at the information table, and I will bring the book next week, I think. <laughs> it's on tape, I have to bring it. Uh, and next week, uh, this is we're going to announce this on Sunday as well, but next week for this class period, we're going to be meeting on Tuesday versus Wednesday because we got a call from uh, the Woodhaven School District and they um, forgot to tell us that they had uh, parent-teacher conferences here on Wednesday night. So we're moving everything next week to Tuesday night. Uh, same time, everything will be exactly the same, just Tuesday night, so... If you can think of a way to remind yourself of that, we'll send an email out as well. But I didn't want to forget to mention it. Uh, so issue 11, lifestyle choices, the real world. And it looks like we've got one book in the room to share, share between us. So uh, I'll, read, I'll read the sound bites to you. But the basic, the basic point... <laughs> 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 Something tells me that's not going to work. I've seen the way some of you guys uh, read like this, so. It might work actually. <laughs> um, we can do this obviously without the books, that's not a problem. But uh, uh, the lesson is called Lifestyle Choices in the Real World. And the lesson that we're going to be talking about today is the choices that we inevitably face as believers. Um, obviously, when you become a Christian, all of a sudden, lots of things change. Um, your desires change. Um, your concept of right and wrong, what is right and what is acceptable, starts to change. And inevitably, uh, when you change, there's conflict. And there's conflict with, okay, I have... This set of friends over here, and I have this set of friends, believing friends now. You know, how do I interact? What can I do with, you know, the people that are from my, my old way of life? Um, and you have to make all sorts of judgment calls about that. Um, that's what our lesson's about, uh, making choices in the real world. So let me read a couple of the sound bites to you. Um, it's, it, this lesson... Uh, I was kind of annoyed <laughs> with uh, the people who made it because they fit like four weeks worth of discussion in one lesson, so there's just absolutely no way that we could even begin to cover all this. Um, but we're going to do the best we can, and we will finish on time, don't worry. <clears throat> okay, first soundbite. We are free from the law, so as Christians, we are free to do whatever we want. What would you say to somebody who said that to you? No, we are not free to do whatever we want. We still have to live by commands, but we're free from the penalty of the law. Okay. Okay. That's a good thing. John? I would say it should be true because if we're truly saved, then what we want is going to be totally different. Okay. Another perspective. Good. Yeah, our desires are going to change. We're going to want, we're going to want the right things. You know, part of having the spirit in, in you is having those desires change and wanting things that are good and right. Anyone else? What would you say to a person who said that to you, Vince? You look like you're, you've got one queued up. Uh, we're free to make 
right and wrong choices, but there are consequences that go with wrong choices. Okay. True. True. What uh, What is a person who says that usually trying to do when they say we're free to do whatever way we want? Justify their lifestyle. <laughs> Justify their lifestyle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. As God's holy people, we must separate ourselves from the world and shouldn't even get close to evil. Problem is with that, we can't witness, can we? Okay. And plus, we're all sinners saved by grace, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. So Terry Lynn's come up with two right away. Uh, we'd have to separate ourselves from ourselves. <laughs> uh, number one. And uh, she brings up another very valid point about about witnessing and how we're supposed to share the gospel. Any anything else that anyone would say to that? I think Terry Lynn covered it. You know, and I almost I, whenever I say your name, I almost start to call you T Lynn because there's another I know another Terry Lynn, and everybody calls her that. So I'm always like Terry Lynn. <laughs> So if you ever call me that... So if I ever call you that, I mean no disrespect. Just say, hey, it's Terry Lynn. (laughs) Um, Here's one. Letting other Christians control your life according to their own personal standards is just legalism, plain and simple. We must fight it. Letting other Christians control your life according to their own personal standards is just legalism... Plain and simple. We must fight it. What would you say to that? Listen, one at a time. One at a time. We can't be talking over each other. Well, I, don't, I don't know that personal standards... I don't know, I'm not sure that I want somebody controlling me by their own personal standards rather than what God has set in place, but... Well, letting other people control you, period. Yeah. I think you should have God in control of your True. standards. True. Okay. Anyone else? Vince? Um, the Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And it talks about it also about uh, discipling all mm-hmm. nations. So it, you're supposed to Okay. Okay. So, so uh, Vince brings up a good point that, in some in some sense, we are supposed to encourage one another in doing right, and we we can be of help to one another in that, right? I think where the problem gets a lot of times is Christians. It's not God's like what Paul and Aaron were saying that it's not God's standards; it's their own personal opinion where we run into problems. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. And then they really want to enforce their opinion. Instead of saying, hey, what does God's word say? Right, right. Yeah, and for some reason, people tend to be the most uh, cantankerous about that stuff. <laughs> There's all the big stuff that we know we, we know we all have to encourage one another, but for some reason, we, we don't encourage one another in the big stuff. It's all the little things. Well, I see you're doing this, and I don't do that. <laughs> I had an example. Um, I'm listening. I'm going to shut up this I had an example one time talking to this one Christian lady. Very nice lady, but I never knew she would be so strong on this point. Um, of course, I've been married for years, so it was sort of interesting, but she got into the conversation about dating, and she said it should always be in groups. And she said, you know, 
basically if you're in groups, you're safe. And I'm like, well, what about if the other group is not doing what they should in the moment? You know, then you're not safe. And it's like better to be dating as a couple <laughs> than with another group that's not seeking after the Lord because that could be uncomfortable. Yeah. But actually, this person was so dogmatic about it. It was like she went on and on, and it was like, you know. Speaking as an old married woman, it was sort of funny because you're like, well, I've done my dating already, and I'm not sure what the point was. Right. She was so solid on this. My, my child was only seven years old, right, so, so she wasn't even close to the dating thing. But, but, but the point was, it was like her opinion and not Bible-based. Right. You want to be careful and, and, and pure in your relationship, but I was trying to just give the point that if you go with another couple, it doesn't necessarily mean a group dating is like right. Doesn't necessarily perfect. fix everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and that's a great example to bring up of something where I mean, is it's there's nothing wrong with holding that opinion, right? I mean, if that's a if that's a conclusion you come to, and that that's the thing that you think is the best for you or for your kids, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, a lot of times we we take our uh, convictions. And we elevate them to the level of biblical standards. And then we pass judgment on others. Right, <laughs> right. And there's a group of people in the Bible who did that a lot, right? What were their names? Pharisees. Yes. We're going to talk about the Pharisees a little bit in, in just a little bit. Last question, or the last soundbite. Sometimes we like to think there are so many gray areas in the Bible when the truth is that we just don't want to do what we know the Bible says is right. What would you say to that? Yep, sure. Sometimes we like to think there are so many gray areas in the Bible when the truth is that we just don't want to do what we know the Bible says is right. You would agree with that? Okay. Like you were saying, we nitpick over personal issues or things like that and we neglect things that we do know are pretty clear. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other perspectives? Well, if it's a gray area, then you really don't have to be held to any standard. Okay. <coughs> okay. You say it's a gray area. All right. So there are gray areas. I mean, are, are there things that we uh, agree are, agree are wrong that the Bible doesn't necessarily forbid? Are there any things that we think are wrong that the Bible doesn't necessarily forbid? We personally or us people in general? People in general. Yes. Okay. What, what's, for example. Okay. I don't think it's, it's explicitly forbidden to ever drink. Some people take that line that it's sinful to ever have anything. Other people don't. Okay, that's a big one that's disagreed on. I think um, something, is, something is music, too, is a big area that we have a lot of different opinions. Okay. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, music. Uh, the Bible doesn't really talk about drug use. I think, we, I think we'd agree that that's wrong. Um, so there, Except, though it does talk that your body's a temple right. of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Right, and that's and that's exactly the point that I'm getting at. We make we make decisions based on principles a lot of the time. The Bible gives us equips us to make calls 
about certain things that we think that are wrong. Uh, and you know, some of them are e very easy to draw the line. Obviously, I, I pulled the drug one out because I think everyone here in this room is going to agree that, that doing drugs is wrong. <laughs> um, but there is, there is kind of a continuum on, in the Bible um, from things that are very clear to things that aren't quite as clear. And so sometimes we have people that are always pointing to the gray uh, because and they're, they're trying to, to purposely muddy the waters. <laughs> Because they want to, as we said, justify what they what they what they do. Um, but then there are other issues that we run into where they are legitimately where they legitimately are gray, uh, where we have to have grace towards one another. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay, here's the, here's the case study, and I won't read the whole case study to you. I'm just going to try to give you the overview of it. It's it's about this guy named Brian, who. Uh, he was uh, going to bars around town with his friends after work. Um, he went to he'd do all kinds of stuff with them. Eventually, he uh, becomes a Christian, and he uh, it says uh, it says um, he was no longer comfortable going to happy hour with his friends, even when he just ordered a soft drink. In addition, his desire to learn and grow has led him to get involved in all he could at his local church, and basically the upshot of it is. He completely separates from his friends and his old way of life. He's got a girlfriend who becomes a Christian at the same time uh, he does, and uh, she doesn't necessarily take the same direction as he does. Uh, she uh, still hangs out with some of their old friends. Um, she tries not to get involved in any of their sinful behavior, uh, but she's still with them. Brian confides in you. You. Brian confides in you one day. She isn't she just isn't as spiritually minded as I. She can't seem to break with some of her old habits. Don't you think I'm making the best decision? How would you respond to Brian? You're not as good as me and I hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> you can always count on Paul for the, for the biting mark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> What would you say to Brian? I would say there's different levels of conviction, and God okay. may not be laying upon her heart the, the conviction that he is on, on his heart. Okay. You also got to okay. look at, too, if he wants to reach these friends, mm -hmm. and he's if he's annihilating himself completely, that may not be good either. How right. is he ever going to reach these or talk, if he doesn't talk or socialize with them? Every right, day? right. You know? So we might be missing the point a little bit there, too. Right. Anyone else? Have any thoughts on that? I think motivation plays a big part in both him not spending time with them and her spending time with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, is, it, is he not because it makes him look better and he can say, I'm better than you? Yeah. Or is she doing it because she wants to, as Terry Lynn was saying, the and where she doing it because she really misses that lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It does come it does come down to the, their motivation for why they're doing it. But I think one thing that we can say for sure uh, is that you know the charge that he levels at her is that she's just not as spiritually minded as he is. And uh, I, I think we would all agree that that's not fair, is it? Um, now it may be that that this guy is in a position where the pull 
of going with his friends and doing what they're doing is still so strong for him uh, that he's afraid that being with them is going to suck him right back into it. And I think sometimes, um, especially when you're a newer believer or when that pull is, is very strong, sometimes you have to put up some walls that you normally might not have to, depending on who you are and what your motivation for doing it is. But like, like you guys are saying, if, you, if, if his motivation... Uh, if his motivation is to get away from them forever, then Terry Lynn's right. You know, we can't live, which which we as Christians constantly tend to do, is we 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 tend to start gather gathering and becoming ingrown, and the church becomes a thing just for us instead of of an outreach kind of thing. Vince, um, that happened to me when I got when I got saved. Uh, you know. I, I was a party animal, and all my friends were too. And, and uh, ideally, I should have been strong enough to be with them and try to attract them to Christ. And not, but I, I wasn't. I, I knew that if if I was around it, I was going to drink and, and I was going to fall. So, so I picked new friends to hang around with. And, and, um, So that so that's an example of a of a possibly legitimate. I did I did I saw him later on. Mm-hmm. You know, all my friends we got together last year, and I apologized to him mm-hmm. for for abandoning him. Yeah. You know. Right. Because I realized that I was I was wrong. Yeah. But but I explained to him why, and they understood. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean that's that's real life. These case studies aren't just made-up situations that never happen. You know, the, these are things that have happened to some of us and where we have to find our way through. In, in my case, because uh, of the lifestyle I lived before I was saved, my friends wanted nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. They, they, they vacated yeah. and that yeah. was it. Yeah. And that probably happens a lot because you're not fun anymore. You're not fun anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, but what Brian's uh, girlfriend does is, is admirable as well. You know, she she wants to try to be with them in any way that she can. And so sometimes it puts her probably in some sticky situations. Um, but Jesus got accused of that, didn't he? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus got accused on several occasions by the Pharisees. Uh, you remember what they had said to him? You're eating with sinners. We can't believe you'd hang out with these people. And that's actually what some of the scripture passages that we have have to look at. I'll uh, I'll read one of them to you. Mark seven one to eight. The Pharisees and some of the, some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. So Jesus wasn't this namby-pamby guy that walked around wearing a dress uh, that we usually see in the pictures. (laughs) 
Jesus would lay it to people when they needed to have it done. And Jesus says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. The Pharisees, as we've already talked about, uh, were a, group, a, a sect of people who interpreted the law. So they took the Bible and they said, okay, this is what God has asked us to do. And so here's, how we're gonna, here's the standard that we're going to hold everyone to going about obeying it. And so they built up um, tradition after tradition after tradition after tradition. And so you have the law surrounded by all of this tradition that everyone had to keep to be right before God. And Jesus cuts through all of that and says, you guys have raised up your traditions to the level, same level of scripture. We don't take our traditions or our interpretations and put them on the same level of scripture. And so that's a good lesson for us in days like these. Because as Christians, we have to make decisions that aren't explicitly put, aren't explicit for us in the scripture. We've got a, and I'll just give you some examples. Because we've got... We've got some examples in the article. This is page 11.6, so you can all share with Paul and Aaron. <laughs> we're back on 11.3. <laughs> you don't have to go to 11.6. I was just telling you where we were in case you were looking. Um, on 11.6, he's got this, uh, the guy that wrote the article has um, some questions. Are these things biblical or cultural? And all of you are going to have opinions about the status of these. For instance... All Christians should stay out of taverns and bars. Biblical or cultural? Cultural. Cultural. Anyone going to go biblical? No one's going to go biblical. Huh, I thought I'd have some take on biblical. Uh, The pastor should run the church. He is the ruling elder. Depends on what sentence run they use. Yeah, run. Yeah, that's pretty vague. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's jump away from that one. Wives should stay at home and not work. Biblical? Sorry. A collection plate should be passed in church each week. Cultural. Christians should not smoke. Definitely cultural. Biblical or cultural? What do you say? <laughs> See, when we get to the hard ones, when we get into smoking, being that because your body is the temple of the spirit, then we got to get into overeating because right. that's just as bad as the smoking okay. of that body. Okay. Right. So we're gonna, you know. Okay. So, but obviously, I'm saying biblical culture. Sometimes you're like biblical, cult, then you're like, um, which illustrates the point. <laughs> and there, yeah. And there's other ones. Christians should not attend movies. Bible doesn't say anything about about movies. Now, when I grew, when I was growing up at my house, I was not allowed to go to the movies. And there are some people that that still think that. 
And I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying there are people that think that. Well, because right. well, you couldn't even be active in our church. You couldn't even be in leadership with Golden yeah. Movies. But what's the, what's the reason? <laughs> just the, all the movies are bad. Uh-huh. And and the other one yes, was... They were so it wasn't even like blockbusters? No, no. It wasn't It wasn't matter of rating. It was, it was, most movies are bad. And the other thing was um, if someone sees you go in, they don't know what you're going to watch. Right. That but, was, but the funny thing legalism. about that, you know how that is legalism. The it funny is. thing about that, though, they could, somebody said that, I think it was John back there, somebody said Blockbuster. I right. said, because these are the same people that were running everything right. on a Blockbuster, right. and they went about just TV. I'm not defending it. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> Don? I can go you one better than that. Okay. I don't think my mother and dad ever had a deck of cards in their house. Okay. That's that's a big one too. And for years, June and I never had a deck of cards in our house. Right. Our kids get in their stockings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's how we taught them to count. You have your kids counting cards. Paul already counted poker chips. You have an eight. <laughs> uh, but that's exactly right. There's uh, there's. There's there's differing opinions on that, and and Don brings up a good thing. I mean, when I grew up, now I I grew up in a in a fairly fairly strict home. We weren't allowed to have cards. Um, and when we, came, in, and when we right. came into a Baptist church, that cracked us up. You could play certain card games, but you couldn't play regular cards. We were like, that doesn't make much sense here. Right. You know? right. So. so but there, there were, there have been certain. T- I mean, you could go down the list forever. Uh, you could talk about, you know, remember in the. Well, I wasn't there, so I don't know. What I'm saying remember, but in the '60s. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've heard about the '60s on TV, um, but in the '60s, you know, growing a beard was a was a, you know big bushy beard was like I guess you know being a hippie. And so you know you were saying something. You were saying something in doing that. Now, was it was it ever wrong across all? You know, was it was it ever uh, morally wrong to grow a beard? No, I mean people talk about their beards in the Bible, so it's obviously not wrong. But there are th- certain things that have cultural significance that, at a particular place and time, mean things or have taken on meaning that is not appropriate. You know, and cards, you know, we look back at some things and laugh, but sometimes some of those things were the right decision back then. Some of them weren't. Some of them were. Some things, uh, you you know, things can come to have meaning. There are certain gestures (laughs) that have meaning. Terry, My parents, uh, when we were younger, I was only about 10 years old, and I went to a Baptist church. They were coming from a Presbyterian background. They did some square dancing, you know. And so, have you ever seen a square dancing outfit? You're covered from almost to your ankles. Almost, you got all this crinoline, you got all this material. But then you could water ski with a swimsuit. You know, but dancing was wrong. Square dancing was wrong. So yeah. it's sort of comical when you think about different things that were set out right. years ago. I mean, really, right? That's still a big thing for some. So, and obviously we can multiply examples of this, and all of us have them in our experience. But the bottom line is, uh, um, we can be guilty of elevating the standards that we come to, um, to the to the level of scripture. And 
the tendency is if, and, and this is what we have to watch ourselves on, the tendency is if you've come to a decision that a certain thing is wrong, fine. And it's very, but it's very hard when you see other people doing the thing that you've concluded is wrong. It's very hard when you see other people doing it. That's natural. And we laugh about it, about other people that have done it to us. But if we're honest, we've all got things that we, do, that we see other people do that we don't do. And we think the same thing about them. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. So what we have to do is, is be careful as Christians that we have grace towards those kinds of people when it, when it comes to gray areas. We have to have grace, to, we have to have grace towards them. We, ha, we can't let those things keep us from fellowshipping with them, which is often what happens. Over the simplest things, like a deck of cards or going to the theater, and, you know, for some of you backgrounds, this may sound like crazy stuff, but you know, that's, that's just, there's lots of things like that. Uh, those things have become points of contention to the point of separating believers over, over foolish things like that. And uh, we have to be careful that um, we don't develop that sort of mindset, that we don't elevate our convictions to, to biblical, uh, to be on par with scripture, and that we don't get contentious about our con- convictions. And thirdly, that we, don't, that we remember that, that uh, asking the question biblical or, or cultural, culture changes. And so... There are t- certain times in a, where in a particular culture where a Christian has to stay away from something that isn't morally wrong. I mean, that happens in the Bible, right? When they're talking about, they're talking about they're the, there's the question about meat that's been offered to idols. And Paul says to this, this church, listen, it's meat. So what if it's, you know, it's been offered to idols? You and I both know it's meat. There's nothing magical that happened to it. But because of the significance that that has to people in your culture, if somebody puts before you meat and says, this has been offered to idols as in, you know, as, as you, record, you understand, Christian, that we've offered this to idols, you need to refrain from that because of what it means in your culture. And cultural associations change. And so Don and June go from not having a deck of cards to playing Pinochle or whatever it is that you guys play. I don't even know if that's a card game because I don't play cards at all. Um, but it sounds like a card game. <laughs> I don't think you probably play Hungry Hippos like my kids do. <laughs> Vince. You backed up a minute. I just, I, I was sort of, should I, uh, I believe, I, I, I read a few books uh, about it being wrong to drink, and I, I believe scripturally, and according to a couple passages of scripture, that it's wrong to drink, therefore I do believe that it's wrong to sit in a bar, you know, uh, based on uh, the scripture that says uh, uh, do not stay away from every appearance of evil. Okay. Um, the, the basis by which I, I say it's not so cut and dry is uh, do not drink wine or intoxicating drinks. This is the Lord that spoke to Aaron. Uh, nor you or your sons with you. When you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. Yeah. Well, um, 
I don't think that we necessarily want to get bogged down in a discussion of alcohol and proving whether or not in this in this forum. I don't uh, either. I just want to. Yeah, but you brought up a you brought up a a, a, a phrase, um, abstain from every appearance of evil, um, which is is something that we. Uh, we're going. We're actually going to talk about tonight. It's uh, I think from First uh, Thessalonians five twenty two, um, and a lot of times people will use that phrase. Um, but what that phrase actually is talking about is is when he says appearance. Most most modern English translations don't use the word appearance. Uh, they use the word um, kind. Abstain from every kind of evil, and. The King James actually act, actually translates that uh, appearance of evil, um, but what the King James version means by appearance is instance of evil, and what the passage is, is actually saying is you need to abstain from evil in whatever form it takes. Now, to your point about appearances, yes, we're supposed to have a good testimony, but a lot of times we end up taking the testimony thing too far. In fact, we take it farther than Jesus took it, because for Jesus, eating with the people that he ate with, I mean, Jesus is, is talking to, engaging a prostitute at a well. He's going to tax collectors' houses and eating with them. I mean, these were, these were, these, these, this was like going into a bar in their culture. Jesus doesn't necessarily abstain from the appearance of evil. He abstains from evil. And that's what we need to be doing. Now, I'm not saying that you, I mean, I think that's a, you know, some people will not go to a bar. Um, I don't really hang out at bars. Um, I've had to a couple of times. <laughs> not had to hang out at the bar. <laughs> I should clarify that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm on that. <laughs> Never mind. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Off the record. Uh, but but that's abstaining from appearance of evil. We're, we're supposed to, as Christians, abstain from every kind of evil. We're, Evil, wherever it appears, we're to abstain from participating in. And, like you're talking, you know, people, we, we're going to line up on the drinking thing and on so many other things. Very strong. We're got, and, that's, and that's good. The point is that we're supposed to get into the scriptures and we're supposed to, uh, as Romans 14 says, everyone needs to be convinced in his own mind. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So we've only got like uh, seven or eight minutes left and this is going to be... This is the part that's difficult because there's scripture passages in here that we have to read and answer questions about, and they're rather lengthy scripture passages. <clears throat> so what I'm going to encourage you to do is, if you've got a, a pen or a piece of paper or something handy, um, write these things down because these are, these are the, the major passages that talk about gray areas, and places where Christians disagree. Now, I actually taught on Romans 14, the whole chapter, uh, this is going to sound, um, this is going to sound, I'm, I'm, re I'm referencing something I taught. <laughs> so I don't mean that in a proud way, but I taught um, in October or November, um, the MP3 is on the website, I taught through Romans 14. And what the significance that Romans 14, because Romans 14, and some of you may have been in there and probably no one remembers it, 
um, because I don't remember things back from that far. But Romans 14 is, the, is one of the big passages about it. Galatians chapter 2 is another passage, and I actually taught in Galatians chapter 2 two weeks ago. So if you were in the uh, Discovering God Hour two weeks ago, we talked in Galatians chapter 2. Remember, this is where Peter and Paul had that big disagreement because of people who were like the Pharisees. They're people who said, we, we have a conflict between Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And the Jewish Christians have all of these things that they had to do as Jews. And so they come to the Gentile Christians and they say, Gentile Christians, I know that you've trusted Christ, but you have to do all the stuff that we do too. And Peter starts going along with that. Paul disagrees with him. And Paul actually calls him out and tells him that he is not walking in line with the gospel. And he's not walking in line with the gospel because what's happening is, is Peter's actually changing the gospel message. He's saying... The gospel isn't enough for you to have uh, a full standing as a Christian and be accepted into the Christian community. It's not enough to believe in Christ. You have to do these things too. And that's legalism. And that's what we've been talking about. The gospel isn't enough. You're not in the club unless you do these things. That's the only way that you can have full standing as a Christian. So that's Galatians chapter 2. Here's the other, the other passage. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, and 10, 23-11-1. 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23, and 10, 23-11-1. In that passage, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's talking about being all things to all men, so that he can reach... And he says, by all means, so I might save some, obviously not he himself saving them, but so that people would be saved. And the modern American church has said, has taken that verse and just run with it. I'll be all things to all men. I mean, they have gone to town with that verse. So being all things to all men has become, I will become exactly like the people that I'm trying to reach so that I can reach them which is not Paul's point in those, in those verses. And we have examples of that. I mean, I, I could just give you ridiculous example after ridiculous example of churches that are trying to be like the culture, are trying to be shocking. They put up these shocking billboards that are have mildly sexual overtones to them to try to get attention, um, one pastor that's on TV, I flip past it. Well, I watch the religious channel sometimes, and it drives Erica crazy, but it's interesting to me. Are you he, watching Van and B again? No, I'm not watching Van and B. But this guy comes out on TV, and he's, he's doing a, a sermon series on sex, and he's got this huge bed on his stage <laughs> that he sits on and preaches from. And um, there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of weird stuff, but all I'm saying is we've taken the whole all things to all men and we've gone the wrong direction with it. What Paul was saying, and this is the Cliff Notes version of it, but what Paul was saying in these passages, and the reason I've given them to you is because I told you to write them down is because I'd like you, if you will, read them, because they're relevant to what we've been talking about tonight. But what Paul is saying there, the context is of him restricting his liberties for other people. 
he isn't saying I'm going to be as you know I'm going to be as much like the Gentile or the pagans that I want to reach to reach them. He's saying I'm going to try to do whatever I can do to not be offensive to these people. And so, in certain situations, I'm going to restrict liberties that I could rightfully have for the good of these people. That's what Paul means by all things to all men. And so, you know, obviously I'm running through lots of material quickly because we've only got a couple of minutes left. But when it comes to making choices um, in the real world, sometimes we have to voluntarily restrict our own liberties for the good of others. And so there are liberties that we could have and think we ought to have, but for the good of our brothers and sisters, we don't take. That's, that's hard. But it's what Paul did in the example that he gave us. Let me see if the... I think we're going to close. We're going to close with that because we just don't have time to get to anything else. I wish we could... I wish we could take like three or four weeks to talk about all this, but we don't. So, the thing that I would suggest you to do, if you're thinking about how do I how do I interact with the world and what are some principles, um, the the passages of scripture that I gave you will point you in the right direction. But you have to try to put out of your mind what you want them to say, because we all do that sometimes, and let them speak for themselves about how we interact with one another, what we disagree, and how we make choices. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to follow you this week uh, and make choices that please you. Uh, Thank you for the grace that you have given us in Christ. We pray that you would help us to stay close to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.